welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. All right, so my home state is famous for a few things, many of which are a little bit odd and some of which are exaggerated, but one thing we are famous for that is delicious is fry sauce. We used to be famous for putting carrot slices in green jello. That's less of a thing these days, and although it did exist, it's been at least like 10 or 15 years since I've had carrot jello, and it wasn't necessarily my favorite. But I digress. Back to fry sauce, which I've enjoyed as recently as this last week. Well, a version of it, anyway. Fry sauce is so connected with our state that our governor gave it to a tech mogul when he came to visit the state and survey a part of land for building more of his company. I don't know how that guy felt about receiving a basket of fry sauce, but I find it both hilarious and actually a fairly decent gift. While fries and burgers and other foods might be delicious on their own, ketchup and fry sauce can definitely make things just a little tastier. So today we are going to take a little bit of time for a little bit of gratitude for ketchup and fry sauce. And there are many other sauces that we can talk about that are also delicious, but for today we're going to just focus on these two. And yes, I'm sorry, I was biased and I picked a sauce from my home state, but I promise it's good. Thank you for your patience. Now, while I said that my home state is famous for the quote-unquote invention of fry sauce, it is possible that fry sauce or a version of it existed long before my home state got to it. So let's talk about fry sauce first, and then we will talk about one of its main ingredients, ketchup. Fry sauce is a sauce for fries. You are welcome. We like to name things literally. (laughs) It's for fries, tater tots, thank you Napoleon Dynamite and school lunches, hamburgers, chicken, you name it. You could probably try it with fry sauce. Maybe not ice cream, but like you get the idea. It is usually made up of two parts mayo and one part ketchup, but local recipes differ, sometimes adding soy sauce or pickle juice or Worcestershire sauce, uh, paprika, and so on and so forth. But if you're in a pinch, ketchup and mayo is all right. Not the most amazing fry sauce, but it will work. If we are talking about ketchup and mayo sauces, then one of the first of those likely belongs to Louis Loire of Argentina back in 1920. This sauce is called salsa golf. It is slightly different from fry sauce as this sauce is made up of ketchup with mayo, cumin, oregano, and pimento, but still pretty much kind of the forerunner. Louis Loire was a physician in the 1920s and invented this salsa sauce at a golf club. The story goes that he wanted to eat his shrimp with something other than just mayo. So he asked the servers to bring out other ingredients from the kitchen, like lemon, vinegar, ketchup, so on and so forth. And he played around for a while until he landed on his favorite combo, that of mayo and ketchup and those spices that we already talked about. Salsa golf is used on salads, meats, and many other foods. In other countries in South America, salsa golf is called Marie Rose sauce or fry sauce. In the United States, it looks like there was a published recipe of a sauce that was equal parts ketchup and mayo in a New Orleans cookbook from 1900. So it is looking more and more like my home state did not exactly invent fry sauce altogether. Not really at all. But maybe we have our own recipe and we definitely helped make it popular among ourselves anyways. 
So the story of my home state of Utah, there are a couple of stories about how fry sauce may have gotten its start. It could have started in 1955 with Stan's drive Through, which was a franchise restaurant, uh, part of Arctic Circle's franchise restaurant at the time. Another way it could have started was as, quote, pink sauce. In 1941, which was on the menu at Don Carlos Barbecue in Salt Lake City. Don Carlos Edwards started out with a food truck and went on to create his barbecue later. Arctic Circle still serves fry sauce in the western part of the United States. In other parts of the states, yum yum sauce is pretty similar and can be found in Japanese steakhouses. In 2018, Heinz officially announced the release of Mayo Chup, which is kind of like fry sauce. I like the name fry sauce better, though, personally. Mayo Chup. I don't know what that sounds like, but not fry sauce. So we've already talked about salsa golf, but there are a few other sauces that are similar to fry sauce out there in the great wide world. In France, a number of Turkish restaurants serve something very like fry sauce, and they call it sauce cocktail. In Germany, Rotweiss sauce comes in a tube as both ketchup and mayo together, and then you can like mix it together as you squeeze it out of a tube, like toothpaste tube. Think that. In fact, cocktail sauce also shows up in Iceland called Cocktail sosa. The Philippines has a similar sauce that mixes mayo and banana ketchup. In the UK, London specifically, there's also what is called burger sauce, which is, again, pretty similar. And in Puerto Rico, we find mayo ketchup, which is, again, close to fry sauce. Basically, it's kind of all over the world. It's fine. Although my home of the fry sauce dreams got a little shot down here, Utah definitely played a role in fry sauce, and it's still delicious either way, and that's the ultimate win that we care about. So, now that one set of dreams is slightly dashed, time to talk about more positive things, like ketchup. (laughs) There are a few theories out there on where the name ketchup came from. One suggests that it is a derivative of a Cantonese word, ketchup, which means tomato sauce. Ke means eggplant or tomato in Cantonese. Others suspect it comes from the Malay word kitsup, which originally meant soy sauce. There are also theories that the word has European Arabic roots as well. And like, my apologies for my Cantonese and Malay uh, accents. I'm sure they are terrible (laughs) and Icelandic. I'm sorry, guys. My pronunciation skills are limited. There are a few varieties of ketchup. Okay. First off, in the UK, to begin with, ketchup was actually made from mushrooms. We see ketchup recipes in cookbooks in the UK and the US in the 18th century. The first time the term ketchup appeared, however, was even earlier, back in 1682. For the United States, mushroom ketchup dates back to at least 1770. So, since ketchup can be made from a few different ingredients other than tomatoes, let's take a quick moment to talk about what makes up a ketchup. Ketchup has a sweet and sour flavor. It includes ingredients like sugar, vinegar, spices, and other seasonings, at least our ketchup today. These spices usually include clove, cumin, garlic, allspice, mustard, coriander, onions, and even celery, cinnamon, and ginger. We've already mentioned mushroom ketchup, but in the past, we've also had ketchup made from oysters, grapes, egg whites, mussels, walnuts, and more. Now, when it comes to tomato ketchup, this showed up in around 1817, about 100 years after the first type of ketchup, mushroom in particular, appeared. The first recipe included anchovies. Basically, you would take a gallon of tomatoes, smash them and add salt, and then wait for three days. Then you would press it and drain off the juice and add anchovies, black pepper, and shallots. You'd boil this for 30 minutes and strain it and then add spices like nutmeg, ginger, mace, allspice, coriander, and cochineal. And then you would pound it out for about 20 minutes, strain it through a bag, and then add a glass of brandy and it would keep for seven years. 
by the time we got to the 1850s, anchovies were no longer a part of the recipe. A few other recipes started to appear in the 19th century, and slowly, tomato ketchup became more and more popular in the United States. Ketchup was actually popular before eating fresh tomatoes was popular. Early ketchup was a product sold and handmade by farmers. Jonas Yerkes was the first American to put his ketchup in a bottle and sell it. By about 1837, he was selling it across the entire nation. F. and J. Heinz started selling nationally and in bottles by about 1876. Heinz's ketchup's original slogan was, quote, blessed relief for mother and the other women in the household, close quote. This, of course, referenced how long it took to make tomato ketchup. As ketchup started to be produced more industrially, more sugar was added to help preserve the product. So there aren't like artificial preservatives in ketchup. It's actually sugar and vinegar. In Australia, it wasn't until the late 19th century that more sugar was added to the recipe. Before Heinz's adjustment to ketchup, adding the more sugar and vinegar to prolong preservation, most ketchups were more watery and had less vinegar. In October of 2000, Heinz introduced a colored ketchup. Actually, several colored ketchups over the next few years. In my memory, this was all inspired by the film Shrek, which led to purple and green ketchup in the aisles that kids would beg for. I don't know that it was strictly for Shrek. It probably wasn't. But Easy Squirt ketchup came out in the early 2000s and included colors like green, purple, blue, and mystery, which was usually teal, pink, or orange. Heinz probably like had their own marketing plan for this, but Shrek certainly made good use of the marketing opportunity. And I remember it to this day. So like powerful, poignant childhood memories of colorful ketchup that like sometimes also just looked very wrong. <laughs> when it comes to celebrating ketchup, we have got June 5th as the National Ketchup Day. It's estimated that in the United States, about 97% of homes have a bottle of ketchup in the fridge. And also that about each person eats approximately three bottles of ketchup per year. It takes about four tablespoons of ketchup to equal the equivalent of eating a full tomato. So, whether you are using these sauces to spice up your meal for your fries, chicken, hamburgers, or more, or perhaps just eating loads of tablespoons of ketchup instead of eating fresh tomatoes, there are many reasons to be grateful for ketchup and fry sauce. And the ingenuity of people who get tired of eating the same thing over and over again and want to mess around in the kitchen. And these are just a few of the reasons that we can be grateful. That's it for this week. Thank you so very much for listening, and I hope that you have a marvelous, fantastic, and wonderful day and week. Take care.